6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday Erev Yom Tov. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Yeah, I'm going. 
J.M. in the A.M. Unbelievable, huh? That is a good one. Uh, that is uh, Torah Siva done by the Shira Hadasha Boys Choir. We actually played that yesterday also in anticipation of the uh, upcoming holiday, which begins hours from now. Uh, before that, Torah Siva done by the uh, late Moshe Yes. Great song off Shabbos on my mind. Safam had Talmud Torah with the greater scheme of things. Hallel All-Star Album, Dov Levine and Malacha. Off the Torah All-Star Album, you heard Avremo with Moshe Emes and Shirulo, Dov Hoffman with Ratza, and MBD with Torah Siva. And Regesh and Modani opening things up. And we say good morning and a good Erev Yom Tov. It's Tuesday on this May 14th, the 5th of Sivan, and early Shavuos this year. Oh, boy. Early is right. I think next year, May 14th, it'll barely be Achor Shal Pesach. <laughs> That's a joke. Don't worry. Erev Shavuos, day number 49 in the counting of the Omer. Seven complete weeks. Day number 49. Candlelighting at 745 on this Erev Shavuos. Boy, doesn't it feel like it was Erev Pesach yesterday? An era of Hanukkah. <laughs> this year has flown by, to say the least. And here we stand at Erev Shavuos. Again, candlelighting 745. Get ready for a one-day yuntif in Israel, a two-day yuntif outside of Israel. Yuntif in Israel will end on Wednesday night. Yuntif outside of Israel will end on Thursday night. That's why we are off until Friday morning. Friday morning will pick things up. And uh, you'll have an opportunity to hear our weekly update and a great era of Shabbos show. That's all happening this coming Friday between 6 and 9 a.m. right here at JM in the AM and uh, JM in the AM.org. So that's the story with uh, this coming Friday. That'll be the next time we are on the air today. An amazing era of Yom Tov mix of music all day long. No better way to go into Shavuos than with our stream at jmandtheam.org. So from now until candlelighting time, you are taken care of with some amazing programming. Again, jmandtheam.org and uh, an amazing stream of fantastic music for an uh, Erev Yom Tov. Should be a lot of fun and a lot of uh, and very inspiring listening today. want to thank our friends at Jay Soho, formerly known as Jezebel, at the corner of West Broadway and Grand Street in Lower Manhattan. They hosted our network get-together last night. Jay Booksbaum, who you heard on the air yesterday give a little preview, was uh, brilliant, along with his assistant Shlomo, in uh, presenting some uh, delicious wines with some fantastic food. want to thank uh, Menachem and Henry and everybody at Jay Soho, uh, really, for providing a, a fabulous... And elegant evening for everybody. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was quite interesting. And uh, the goalie of the New York Rangers, who has been spotted in that restaurant before, uh, was not there last night. <laughs> we knew in advance that he'd be pretty busy. Didn't think he'd have such a great night, but boy, he certainly did. Anyway, so a big thank you to Jay Soho, and a happy Shavuos uh, to them, and uh, of course to everybody tuned in. Around the world. JM in the AM at 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's Tuesday. It's Erev Yom Tov. Rabbi Yudin coming up at 8.15. Uh, plenty more happening on this JM in the AM broadcast as we continue at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. And around the world in the web, jmtheam.org.
I'm proud to sing for OL. JM and the AM going back to the uh, OL concert of 5770. That's Lipa, Ohad, and company with uh, Shiloh Asani. The Torah medley, as they call it. Yaakov Shweki with Music of Forever. You heard Baruch Levine's Ma'ashiv, words from Hallel. Yeshiva boys had Torah Tziva as we stand here on Erev Shavuos 5773. Yes, I looked it up. So sunrise tomorrow morning in this area, for those who are uh, going to be at the very, very early Shacharis prayer service, uh, sunrise is what, about 5.40 or so. So if Yantiv was, let's say, three weeks from now, as it typically is, you know, like at the beginning of June or something, so it would be about 15 minutes earlier. So all these uh, quirks in the calendar of it being such an early shvuas. For instance, tonight we will likely, I would guess, eat the earliest we've ever eaten a first night shvuas meal, right? I would guess. When was the last time shvuas was before May 14th? So it's probably going to be the earliest uh, for a while. Candle lighting is 7.45. I don't remember a shvuas when candle lighting was before 8 o'clock. Anyway, a couple of trivial things as we head into the holiday. 42 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 62. No matter what you're doing over Yuntif, no matter what minion you'll be at tomorrow morning, enjoy Yuntif. Have a fabulous two days. If you're in Israel, have a fabulous day. Uh, in Israel, they'll say Yisker on Wednesday on Yuntif. Uh, outside of Israel, we'll say Yisker on uh, Thursday, the second day of a Yuntif. Again, candle lighting 745. We'll be off the air tomorrow and Thursday. There'll be other programming in our slot. Friday, we're back. Friday, we will present a weekly update. We'll go through the uh, events of the last couple of weeks and catch up on the on the news in this crazy world of ours. It'll all be happening Friday about 740 when I speak to Malcolm Honline and current events becomes the topic becomes the focus here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Now in Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, special happy shvuist to all of our friends up in the Rockland County area who are enjoying that great signal. want to thank our friends at Jay Soho, formerly known as Jezebel. And, of course, Jay Booksbaum and Shlomo and everybody at Kedem Royal Wine for a fabulous evening last night for our Nahum Siegel Network staff. It was a uh, a wonderful night, a delicious night. And uh, we thank everybody who was involved in preparing everything. It was really amazing. Galitzal in the background. News from Israel is next. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן שוב אל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. השר שי פירון מציג בפייסבוק את המהפך המתוכנן בחינוך החרדי, יערה ברק. 
זה היה לילה היסטורי, יש סיכוי שהנחנו יסודות לחינוך ממלכתי חרדי שיחבר בין המגזרים בישראל, כך כותב שר החינוך. הוא ציין כי הקיצוץ בתקציבי הרשתות החרדיות ייעשה לאחר הקמת הזרם הממלכתי חרדי החדש, בעוד שהתוכנית להחלת לימודי ליבה נותרה בעינה, וכך גם ביטול חוק נהרי שמפנה לרשתות תקציבים מהרשויות המקומיות. לדבריו בפייסבוק גם פירט השר פירון את גרסתו באשר לדחיית הקיצוץ בתקציבי החינוך החרדי לאחר העימות המילולי שהתפתח מוקדם יותר בין לפיד לדרעי. יאיר שרקי. פירון כותב, שר האוצר ביקש שהודיע ליושב ראש ש"ס על הדחייה, הודעתי לאריה ופתאום השמיים נפלו. קנייה והטבות לש"ס אמרו הכותרות. לדברי שר החינוך, לקונה משפטית היא שהובילה לדחייה. בכך סותר פירון את דברי דרעי, שהתפאר בכך שביטל את הקיצוץ בתקציב החינוך החרדי. לפיד ענה לו, זה שקר, הקיצוץ רק נדחה. צחי ומאיר מנווה חמציצים שוב חוזרים לשכונה, במיוחד לרגל חגיגות 40 השנים לצאת אלבום הבכורה של להקת כוורת. זה קטע מלפני 40 שנה. אה, במי? כן, זה עם החברה לסיפורי פוגי. אה? יענו הומאז', כאילו... אה, בגלל זה קראו אלינו לפה. בטח, היו צריכים לעשות מחווה למישהו מה-70's, בגלל זה הביאו מישהו מה-90's. צחי ומאיר, הלו הם אבי גרניק ועידן אלתרמן, ישחזרו היום את המערכון המפורסם של להקת כוורת, סיפור הארון. הם יעשו זאת במסגרת השידור החוזר של התוכנית המיוחדת, מסיפורי פוגי אפשר ללמוד, עם אסף ליברמן ולירון זייד, מיד בגלי צהל. מזג האוויר לערב החג, התקררות ניכרת וממטרים מקומיים בצפון. מחר, חג השבועות, יהיה קר מהרגיל והגשם יתפשט גם למרכז. ייתכנו סופות רעמים וקיים סיכוי לשיטפונות במדבר יהודה ובאזור ים המלח. ולסיום, יודע חקלאי פיקח הוא מצטיין. לרגל חג השבועות בוחרת מועצת הצמחים חקלאים מצטיינים. כתבתנו יפעת שחר מציינת כי ברשימת ההצטיינות מופיעים בין השאר מנהל ענף גידולי השדה בקיבוץ קליה, שלומי הירשפלד, שקיבל אות הצטיינות על ההצלחה בחקלאות באקלים קשה, כמו בצפון ים המלח. בענף הפירות זכה צוות המנגו של קיבוץ רביד, המבצע את כל העבודות במטע ללא העסקת זרים, והמדריך המצטיין הוא... שמעון אילוז ממשרד החקלאות שהצטיין בין השאר במתן מענה לחקלאים בהחדרת זני אבטיח. חג שמח לחקלאים. אלה החדשות שעורך עומר בן רובי, בצוות תום ויינטראובלוק ולצידה בארדותן. Yehi <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> 
us over the second night it starts, he said to me. The Omer is counted for seven weeks, you see. Between Pesach and Shavuot, you know mathematically there must be 49 days to count the Omer. He said the reason for this habitual device, the 16th day of Nisan was the Omer sacrifice. After this, we just take the Torah's good advice, there must be 49 days to count the Omer. 49 days to count the Omer. After it starts, Mark, at the end of our read, Steve, do it in Shul, Shmuel, just count with me. Look for the stars, Tamar, just be sure to make the bracha. Erev is the key, Steve, count here with me. After it starts, Mark, at the end of my read, Steve, do it in Shul, Shmuel. Just count with me. Look for the stars, Tamar. Just be sure to make the bracha. Erev is the key, Zvi. Count Spira with me. Rava Kiva's students started dying one by one. Cause having no respect can even hurt the Talmud Chacham. So till day 33, no haircuts can be done in the... 49 days of the Omer If on an evening you forgot to count Well do not fret Say it the next morning without a blessing And you're set But forgetting the next day And counting next year's all you get In the 49 days of the Omer 49 days of the Omer After it's dark, Mark AM, 49 days to count the Omer. <laughs> Wood Schlock with Schlock Rock here at JM in the AM. Before that, Chazin Yitzchak Mayor, Health Gotcha, Yabana Base, and Mikdash as we get set to head into Yuntif. It's a Tuesday, Erev Yom Tov. Shavuos begins tonight. Candle lighting 745. 745, mostly sunny today with a high 62. Maybe some rain first day, Yuntif. That might be coming up. Well, there's a, there's a big election today in Jersey City, yeah. Election for mayor of Jersey City is taking place as we speak here in the big city. And uh, one of our listeners tells me that uh, there's a big election in Passaic as well today. And I would guess in other areas of New Jersey possibly as well. I don't know, but it's possible. Meanwhile, I uh, I bring this to your attention because uh, you know how uh, we believe in the voting process and how important it is to get out there and have or have our community represented at the polls, no matter who you're voting for. So... A reminder on this Erev Yom Tov, especially this long Erev Yom Tov day, get out and vote if there is, in fact, an election 
in your specific area. Get out there, make your vote count, make your voice heard. It is very important. 18 minutes after 7 o'clock, special shout-out going out to our friends at Breweria High School, where we have... um, where we have gone ahead and uh, finalized plans for our big visit and celebration that's going to be coming up. Breweria is hitting their 50th anniversary. That's right, Breweria High School is turning 50 years old. And uh, proudly, we have been uh, friends and associates of uh, the folks at Breweria High School for uh, close to three decades of those 50 years. Uh, We'll be visiting Breweria and uh, kicking off their big celebration of Breweria at 50 as they get ready for their big dinner, the JEC 73rd Annual Dinner, which is happening June the 3rd at the beautiful Venetian in Garfield, New Jersey. They are expecting uh, plenty of alumna to be at that event, some of their uh, amazing longtime teachers and rabbis, many class reunions, etc., etc., and uh, we will be uh, visiting... Uh, Brewery High School on the 22nd. That means one week from tomorrow, on the 22nd of May, we are going to be broadcasting JM and the AM from Brewery High School, specifically to kick off their Brewery at 50 celebration. They are getting ready for their 50th anniversary. That's the golden anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, right? So we will be there one week from tomorrow on the 22nd of May, 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. to kick off the big celebration. So a big shout out to our friends at Brewery High School, who I'm assuming are uh, I'm assuming are, are off today, right? They're off today for Erev Yuntif, uh, but they'll be in full swing next week when we get there for the big celebration. So get those balloons up, decorate the place, get ready to welcome JM and the AM. We're looking forward to a great time. Twenty minutes after seven o'clock, JM and the AM. 42 degrees on this Tuesday. Erev Shvuis. Lots of folks getting ready for an amazing Yuntif. No better way to do it than with us all day at jmandtheam.org. We have incredible music going on all through the day in honor of the holiday of Shvuis. Torah music, Hallel music, Erev Yuntif music. Keep it on our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. We return with great programming Friday morning. In fact, this Friday we will conduct a weekly update and catch up on the events of the last couple of weeks. Weekly update happens this Friday at 7.40 in the morning, this coming Erev Shabbos, right here at JM in the AM. Dove Levine at JM in the AM.
Ruach Lech Lecha Vayera Chaye Saratol Dot Vayetze Vayishlach Vayeshev Miketz Vayikash Vayechi Chamisha Chum Shei Torah Are fun for you and me We finished Sefer Bereshit Now Shmod is next you see Shmod Vayera Bo Vishalach It Ro Mishpatim Trumat Etza Vekitisa Vayakel Pekudei Chamisha Chum Shei Torah Are fun for you and me
Some great Torah music off of the Torah All-Star album. Schlockrock before that with a song entitled The Sixth of Sivan. 7.43 Tuesday morning, Erev Yom Tov. 17 minutes before 8 o'clock. Good morning all. Rabbi Yudin coming up at 8.15 with words about the upcoming holiday of Shavuos. We'll be off for two days in Israel. It's a one-day Yom Tov. Outside of Israel, two days. Therefore, we won't be back until Friday morning. Don't forget, an amazing way to prepare for Yom Tov is with our stream at jmtheam.org. All day long, amazing music. I want to thank our friends at Jay Soho, formerly known as Jezebel, downtown New York City, at the corner of West Broadway and Grand Street. We had an amazing network get-together there last night. And I thank uh, Henry and Menachem and uh, their staff and everybody who made it such a wonderful night, especially Jay Buxbaum and Shlomo and uh, those who represented Kedem and the Royal Wine Corporation. It was really a, a fabulous night. And a lot of fun, to say the least. J.M. in the end with 42 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 62. Well, we get to spend Erev Shavuos with Dr. Erica Brown. That's right. The Torah study of tonight is going to start early. We're going to do it now. She is uh, an author of a brand new book from Magid Books. It's called Leadership in the Wilderness, Authority and Anarchy in the Book of Numbers. Dr. Erica Brown is a writer and educator who serves as scholar in residence for the Jewish Federation of Greater Washington. She's a faculty member of the Wexner Foundation, former Jerusalem Fellow and Avi Chai Fellow. Writes a weekly internet essay for her website, ericabrown.com. She's written uh, uh, books previously. In fact, she's been a guest of ours on prior occasions. And we welcome her back to JM in the AM. Dr. Erica Brown, good morning and uh, welcome back to JM in the AM. Bokertos to you. Thanks so much for having me back. A pleasure to have you back. You know, it's funny if you ask anybody, and I don't, I don't think you have to go with the proverbial "ask any school kid." I think it even applies to the adults. If you ask most people what the book of Bamidbar, what the book of Numbers is about, I don't know if leadership gets into the top five. You know what I mean? That's true. It's. Uh, I, I would argue that right after. Vayikra, it's it's the most neglected biblical book. Oh, no question about it. But it, uh, neglected, I don't know if neglected is the right word. It's, it's sort of like our focus might be different than you might suggest, right? Yeah, I, I think probably we don't understand the significance of the book. The first uh, ten chapters, we're trying to get an orderly sort of uh, uh, contingent prepared 
for all the challenges of this very difficult territory and landscape, inner and outer, and then it all starts to fall apart, and we have one serious crisis after another, one serious challenge to authority after another. Right. So I was really trying to understand that transition and also apply it to leadership models today. Yeah, it opened up my eyes because, of course, uh, you think of the book of numbers, and the first thing you think of is census. That's number one. And uh, then you start thinking about some uh, really difficult episodes in Jewish history that takes pl- take place in Sefer Bamidbar. And uh, in addition to that, you start thinking about the, uh, as you said, the order, the travel, the uh, the way things progressed as the Jewish people were literally going through the desert. So one thing I learned from your book, it's not easy being a leader of the Jewish people. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you had to read the book to pick that up, Nachum. Something tells me that you might just have picked that up in shul, school, somewhere else. But it's amazing that... In so many ways, it comes down to the attitude of the leader themselves. You know, you think it's always the people, but you point out so often, you know, the flaws in leadership often leads to flaws among the people. I I think particularly in situations of ambiguity or fear, and we've certainly had, unfortunately, our share of them globally in recent years, both as a people, but also, I think, as, as humanity, we look to our leaders to help uh, direct us in, a, in times of, of uncertainty, in times we don't understand. So for me, the wilderness was really the metaphor for being in a place of fear and anxiety and loss of direction. And that's when you need a leader who steps up to the plate and understands that sometimes we're, we're opposed to change, not because we're really opposed to change or opposed to a vision, but because we're scared and we're resisting. How to help us get over that resistance. At the same time, I think Safer Bamidbar points to a problem of followership. We actually sometimes have great leaders, and we're not really worthy followers. We make things particularly difficult for our leaders. We're overly negative. We're overly critical. Moshe has a, a breakdown moment in the middle of this book and says, you know, God, take my life now. My life is wretched because people want me to do everything for them. They, they want utter dependence, and I simply cannot carry all, this be- all these people alone. Right. And I think there are leaders today who do feel that. Uh, you know, even, even though they're not taking us through 40 years in a desert, they're running a synagogue, they're running a day school, they're a professional head of an institution, a rabbi, and they feel, I can't do this alone, and I feel alone, and I can't battle all the negativity. How do you think the Prime Minister of Israel feels? I, mean, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't want his job, Nachum, would you? No, exactly. That's the point. That, you know, everyone, everyone's, of course, an armchair prime minister. But if, right. they, but if they were given their his job, they would, you know, <laughs> they'd think of a way to get rid of it within minutes. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, it makes us think a little bit when, when we have fellowship that is, is adversarial or hostile. Why would good people want to take leadership positions? Why would good people want to lead us if we make leading so difficult? Uh, Dr. Erica Brown is with us. The book is called Leadership in the Wilderness, Authority and Anarchy in the Book of Numbers. Um, what would happen if... Uh, it, what, what, let me put it this way. Does a Jew, It seems from your book that the only effective Jewish leaders, in a positive way, are those who felt that God was at their side. Is that an accurate way of portraying it? Um, I would say, you know, the, the the book is multifaceted, so the relationship that leaders have with God is certainly part of it, but not exclusively. The, the point, I think, for me, a lot of the book was trying to understand the nature of the word midbar, of what a desert is, of what wilderness is, 
and why the landscape becomes a character, an actual character in the book that is resisting leadership and followership along with everything else. It's almost as if the sand is biting back and making it harder. And I try to understand that as a metaphor or context for leadership, that sometimes we just think about a vision or what we want to do with people, and we we don't think enough about the landscape of leadership, right. of the context in which we're leading. Certainly, having God at your side helps when you feel that you're alone as a leader because it provides a certain kind of spiritual transcendence and companionship in a very difficult place. Right, and uh, most leaders, I believe, even without sand around them, feel they are in the wilderness very often. Yeah, in fact, we actually call it a swamp problem in the right. leadership literature where something feels murky and you can't put your feet in the bottom of it and you can't really get control over it. And in those instances, whatever skills you learned, really it's kind of like outward bound. You're going to have to find a new set of skills to manage a, a new level of crisis. Do we have any leaders in our tradition who lost control of the people and never were able to regain it? Or even, even, even more generally... Can one regain control uh, of the same uh, constituency once they've lost it? Uh, well, how long do you have, Nathan? <laughs> Please, go ahead. Uh, Yanto is coming this evening. <laughs> uh, now, actually, I, I, I'm intrigued by, uh, by Moshe himself hitting the rock, calling the people rebels, and God understanding that when you've got to a point where you actually feel disdain for the people you're, you're leading, that you, you can't be a leader anymore. You can't take them to where they need to go. But he and still dies as the greatest. He still he di dies as the greatest. He dies as the greatest because, honestly, when you think about the laser focus it takes to take the group of travelers to, to enter that landscape and to actually get there. And how many of us start out with a vision and a picture of where we want to go, and then we become so trumped by and defeated by the challenges, as right. opposed to Moshe, who, at the end of the day, and actually when he dies in Devarim uh, Lamed Dalit in Deuteronomy 34, there were two capacities not taken from him, his strength and his vision. And when you think about what we need now to lead and what the state of Israel needs now, that's the legacy, the Yerusha that we inherited from him. We still need strength and vision, and he was taken, and it was still intact. Right. Yeah, my point being that with all the questions about his leadership and the challenges, direct challenges, to his authority, I, I would guess, based on the text, that the, that the majority of Jews, when he did leave us, felt a tremendous debt to him, no? Absolutely. Uh, it's it, it debt and loss, and I think that's always the case in a succession to new leadership, is even if we feel great about someone who's coming in, we also feel extremely insecure, because we've only known one kind of leadership. Right. That's the kind of leadership that we've had in front of us. You know how they always say you don't want to be the guy who follows the legend, you want to be the guy who follows the guy who follows the legend? <laughs> yeah. uh, is there an exception to that in Jewish tradition because of the transition from Moses to Joshua? Well, actually, I think if you look at the first chapter of Joshua, it's shocking just how quickly they accept Joshua's leadership, which I think tells you also something about the landscape of leadership, because it's a lot easier to lead when you're actually where people want to be than it is to be the leader who takes them kicking and screaming to where you think they need to be. Mm. And so I think Yoshua, you know, it's the idea of chazak v'amatz, the people telling him again and encouraging him, be strong and be of good courage, they knew there were big shoes to fill, but they had every sense that he could fill them, and, and he did. Because of the faith that Moses put in him, and you point out, by the way, in a great part of the book, which I loved, uh, 
you know, you, you emphasize how the two of them were not related. You know, often we see leadership, even today, look at what goes on in transitions around the world. You know, so much of it is based on family. And well, family and, well, let's, let's be honest, it's real nepotism. Right. Um, more, you know, more than perhaps the fact that your family is, is prepared. And actually, we see that as a leadership lesson throughout um, all of Tanakh, throughout all the Hebrew Bible. Succession really matters. We try to put leaders in place, sometimes for two generations before a leader leaves. And we care not about the correct, proper leader following kind of like the, a royal household. We care about the leader who's most competent. Favoritism, as we see in Genesis, is terrible for families, but it's actually excellent for leadership. Right. Erica, Dr. Erica Brown with us. The book is Leadership in the Wilderness, Authority and Anarchy in the Book of Numbers. If you, if you line up all the official leaders, the kings of Israel, uh, you know, Starting with the uh, starting with Moses and the prophets and going through the kings etc until we're in exile, uh, it, it would it be safe to say the majority of them had questionable leadership qualities. Uh, no, I, I probably wouldn't evaluate it quite that way. I think I'd be a little less harsh. Uh, I think I might be more more tough on on us as followers. I think that what you do see is there because we have a certain ambivalence, biblical ambivalence toward power because power is so easy to exploit, we move to different models of leadership. Priest, prophet, uh, a chieftain, judge. And it was, we, we're not, right. we're not, we, don't, we don't stay within king, obviously. We don't stay within one paradigm or framework of leadership because in many ways the, that framework, if you use it for too long, it has exploitative powers. Right. So, um, you know, you'll find from the book of the last chapter of the book of Judges to Samuel 1, chapter 8, we've gone through three different types of leaders. We've gone from a judge to a priest or four to a prophet to a king, really within the span of nine chapters of Bible. Because I think, again, we keep having to reinvent the, f- the framework in which people lead because they're abuses of power. So even, and, and, and even more so, because you said that uh, so, much, so much of it you blame on the followers, uh, leadership is, to a degree, consumer-driven. It's consumer-driven, but it has to be fueled by by something that is larger, by someone who has a greater picture of where you can take people. Uh, one of the leadership books I read gave me a, an expression that I think is very helpful, a destination postcard. Right. Show people this is wh- what it looks like when we are who we need to be. But that's, a, but that's where we should be. But that's along with knowing your crowd, right? You got to know right. your, you got to know your audience. Right. If you don't know the people you're leading, there's no chance that you'll have real influence. And that's why, actually, I, I, I always get concerned about uh, the power struggle or the ego of the leader, because that bloated ego can really, in many ways, separate you and distance you from seeing, from being an empathic leader, from seeing what people really need. What to you is the most astounding part of Safer by Midbar, which is the most, uh, the, the episode most difficult for you to believe? Yeah, and this is going to, are you ready for the surprise? Yeah, please. Um, I actually find the small interchange between Moshe and Chovav, his brother-in-law, some believe it's his father-in-law, that, that interchange where Moshe says, please come with us, be our anayim, be our eyes. Yeah. And Chovav says no. Right. And what you have in that moment, and then I think the chaos really ensues from that point onward, because Moshe is saying for all the great qualities he brings to the table, he doesn't really know where he's going. And it's very hard when a, a leader says, I need a set of eyes. I'm not quite sure how to do this job. 
I think it begins to paralyze the followers, and especially when Chovav says no. And despite the incentives that Moshe tries to offer, Chovav continues to say no. So I think that gives us a little, little understanding that this is going to be a much harder journey than, than we anticipate, both from the followers who are not sure where we're going and the leader. Unbelievable. That is fascinating. you got to write a book about middle management at this point. <laughs> I'll put it on my list, Nachum. Thanks because, for the idea. Because, because what you're pointing out is so key. When you, when, when you put in a request of somebody to take a specific role and they don't, it could, it could alter things in a drastic manner. Very drastically. It's really amazing, I'll tell you. Erica Brown. Dr. Erica Brown is the author of the brand new book, Leadership in the Wilderness, Authority and Anarchy in the Book of Numbers, we've, which we have just begun. Now, those of you who are... Uh, uh, who are attuned to these things? Safer but Midbar began this past Shabbos. How do you like that? And you have some, an unbelievable opportunity uh, to see Safer but Midbar from the perspective of leadership. It's a Magid book. You can uh, go to KorenPub.com, K O R E N P U B.com. It's called Leadership in the Wilderness. Dr. Erica Brown, anything else you want to add about this work? Um, just that um, that uh, it's also uh, an OU book, an Orthodox Union book, right. and just wanted to make sure that partnership was evident. Um, it was really a gift to write this book. It came from many years of studying it and teaching it, and and, and shared student observations. And I, you know, I think that uh, that it, it tied two loves together: both the love of Bible, but also the love of the discipline of leadership, and how to think about that really intentionally. If there's one 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 of the great gifts that we gave the world is vision and leadership and and the capacity to go somewhere you haven't gone before i think we learned that from this book well hopefully some of the young people who read your book will incorporate some of these leadership skills and they'll help them become great leaders among the jewish people thank you thank Thanks. you very much for having me a pleasure Chag Sameach to you and thank you for joining us Take care. Dr. Erica Brown, Leadership in the Wilderness, Authority and Anarchy in the Book of Numbers, Koran Publication, OU, as you heard, the Orthodox Union. You can go to KorenPub.com, K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B.com. I, uh, I had a blast reading this, folks. This is a, I'm telling you, I never thought, I, you'd think, you'd think after all these decades, <laughs> he, it, it would strike you that uh, Safer Bamidbar has um, an important theme of leadership running through it. But as I said at the beginning of the conversation, if I would have put the uh, top five themes of the book of uh, of Bamidbar, uh, you know, if I would have uh, chosen the top five, I don't know if leadership would be in it. Really opened up my eyes, and I thank Dr. Brown. Tuesday morning, day forty nine in the counting of the Omerits, Erev Shvuis, on this Tuesday with candle lighting at seven forty five, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard a listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, now in Rockland County at ninety one point nine on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org.
the last Yom Tov of the year. It's time to celebrate the day that Hashem gave us the Torah on Har Sinai and all of the sweet mitzvot that we do every day of the year. On Shavuos, we stay up and learn, eat milchik foods, read the story of Rus, and celebrate the gift of the Torah.
thank you, Uncle Moshe. There he is with the Shvua selection here at JM in the AM. Yeah, he did well with that. I like that. <laughs> Off of children's holiday favorites, or Jewish holiday favorites, here at JM in the AM. Six minutes after 8 o'clock. Don't forget the best way to prepare for today. Uh, on an era of Yom, the best way to prepare for Yom is with our stream at jmandam.org. Keep that in mind. You want to make sure to have the stream on all day long with great Hallel music, Erev Yom Tov music, etc. Lots of, lots going on uh, regarding the uh, stream all day. Next program after this one is going to be our JM and the AM Friday edition. Tune in after the two days of Yom Tov and you'll get the weekly update and plenty more this coming Friday starting at 6 o'clock in the morning right here at JM in the AM. Here's Shlimey Dax.
mountain And what did we see? Thunder and lightning The voice of God so clearly Now every year thereafter On the sixth day of Sivan We have a holiday of Shavuot Cause you know learning is such fun We got the Torah We got the Torah Such fun
Arab Shvu is 5773, candle lighting at 745 on this day number 49. In the counting of the Omer, thanks for joining us everybody on this Arab Shvu. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Today, Tuesday, Arab Yom Tov, Rabbi Yudin addresses us regarding the upcoming holiday, of Shavuos. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Yom to everybody. Tonight we have the privilege to usher in and welcome the Yom Tov of Shavuos. If only we realized how significant Shavuos is. Our rabbis tell us if we take a look at the very first chapter of Bereshis. So the Torah tells us, starting with the first day, that day God was literally alone in this world before even the angels were created, hence the word Echad, and not Rishon. But starting with the rest of the days, Yom Sheni, Yom Shlishi, Yom Revi'i, so the Torah tells us that each day was completed, and therefore keeping that sequence, it should have said in the last verse of chapter 1, Vayera Vahivoker Yom Shishi, and nobody would have missed the hay. There are no extra letters in the Torah. So the Torah says, The sixth day. And I'm reading from the Rashi on that verse. And Rashi tells us, The reason why there is an additional hey the sixth day in the last verse of that chapter Bigmar Masabaratius at the completion of creation of the world, Lomar is to teach us Shehisna Imohem God made a Tanai, He made a condition with creation Amenas Shekablu Aleim Yisrael Chamishachum Torah, namely that the purpose and the fulfillment of this world should be based upon the Jewish people's acceptance of hey, that five books of Moses which we are going to please God accept 
first thing tomorrow morning. Davracher, another explanation that was from the Tanchuma. Yom Hashishi, Kulam Tuluyim Biomdim. Another remez is to the fact that the entire world is waiting. Ad Yom Hashishi to the sixth day, which refers to Shishi Basivan, the sixth day of Sivan. That on that day that the Jewish people accepted the Torah, Nishasku Koyitsiros Bereshis. It was only at that time that the creation itself took on its sense of permanence. The Nechshav Ki'ilu Nivraha Olam Ata. And it's looked upon literally as if the world was created now on Shavuos. V'zehu yom hashishi. And this is what the Torah is referring to when it says the sixth day. She'oso yom, that day is the sixth of Sivan. Hamuchan, which is literally God had it readied for Matan Torah, for the receiving of the Torah. This is therefore such an important Yom Tov. And I'd like to call your attention to the interesting fact that whereas all the other Yomim Tovim have a specific and identifying mitzvah which gives a kind of character to the holiday, so Pesach has its matzah and sukkos it's Sukkah and Arbaminim and Rosh Hashanah it's Shofar note that Shavuos does not have any individual mitzvah now from the Torah or even at the time when we had a Beis Abmigdash except for a communal mitzvah of the Shtehalechem, the two loaves that were brought in the Beis Abmigdash on Shavuos which we'll mention a little bit later what might be the reason for this? and I'd like to suggest that on Shavuos we accept a, the Torah in its totality. And we don't focus on any one mitzvah, but rather, as the Jewish people said, we gave an unequivocal commitment to the acceptance of the entire Torah. But take very interesting note, as we will explain and enumerate in a moment what you do have on the Yom Tov of Shavuos are the various minhagim, the various customs. And I think that this is so indicative as to the very nature of the holiday itself. A mitzvah is a law which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us. Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvosav Vitzivanu. God commanded us to perform the mitzvos. The mitzvos come down literally from on high. They are Isorurusa Dile'ela. A minhag, however, literally translated as a custom, but this is something which literally comes from man. These are actions which we have done to demonstrate our love and appreciation to Hashem. So the minhagim take on a very 
special nature because it reflects our attitude to the holiday that it's not something that we look upon as being coerced upon us the Torah just the opposite we show our love and our affection for it and so the same way that if one has a beautiful picture they will go out and buy a very special frame around it that is the way you can look upon the minhagim of the Yom Tov because it demonstrates our response to the Torah and so for example there is a very fascinating machlokes among the rabbis how much of the three paragraphs of the Shema are biblical in nature meaning in order to get the mitzvah of the biblical mitzvah of the Shema must one recite the first paragraph of Shema and that way already or the first two or as the Rambam says even the first three the entire Shema the Mishnah in the beginning of the second parak of Brachos tells us that the first paragraph of the Shema is Kabbalas Ol Malchus We accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. The second paragraph is Kabbalas Ol Mitzvos. Im Shamoa. We accept upon ourselves the responsibility and reward and punishment of the mitzvos. What's going on in the third paragraph? So the Rambam says, aside from the mitzvah of tzitzis, you have as well Kabbalas Ol Mitzvos. Rav Salavichek Zechron asked why do we need an additional Kabbalah's own mitzvot and he pointed out very sharply that the second paragraph of the Shema and the Kabbalah's own mitzvot are for those mitzvot that we have to do mitzvot of Shabbos mitzvot of Kashras mitzvot of Taras HaMishpacha the third paragraph indicative of tzitzis which if a person wants to they can wear a garment which technically does not have four garments. So technically they don't have to fulfill this mitzvah. And yet the third paragraph is an acceptance of mitzvahs, not because we have to, but because we want to. Similarly the observance of the minhagim of Shavuos is our way of demonstrating our full acceptance of Torah, not only those that we have to, but even more important, that which we want to, to indicate our love and appreciation for the Torah. And so, a few of the minhagim, which we have on the Yom Tov of Shavuos. Interestingly, the Aseris Hadibros, which is the reading of the Torah, for please God, tomorrow, you have... Interestingly, you'll take a look in chapter 20 of Shemos. The Ten Commandments are comprised of 14 psukim, 14 verses. However, we do not read tomorrow the Aseris Adibros as psukim, as 14 verses, but we read them as ten dibros. We read it as ten. Now it's translated in English as commandments. It's not really ten commandments because within the ten commandments if you take a look at the second dibra at the second of the ten commandments you have not only you shouldn't 
have and God forbid accept another God but you're not permitted to make an idol you're not permitted to bow down you're not permitted to serve them in any which way which is their normal way of being served so within the second of the Ten Commandments, there are several other commandments. The proper term would probably be ten categories, and especially since, according to Reb Gaon, the all of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah can be subsumed under these ten categories. The idea behind the Ten Commandments is very clearly, it's two plus eight. What does that mean? It means that the first two of the Ten Commandments we heard directly from Hashem. Now listen carefully. No other people on the face of this globe ever has made the following claim that Klal Yisrael, that the Jewish nation claims, and that is as follows. All religions claim that they had a prophet, and their prophet communicated with God. Maybe they did, maybe they did not. But no one claims that the entire nation underwent prophecy. That is our claim, not simply to fame, but our claim to the Yom Tov of Shavuos. On Shavuos we all experience prophecy. And as a result of experiencing this prophecy, we understood the regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, that we come running to Moshe and we said, too much for us to handle, you give us the rest. But we knew that God was communicating to Moshe because we knew that God communicated to us. And so, there's a minute to stand for the Ten Commandments. Why? Because by we are reliving the experience of Sinai. And as they stood by the mountain, so too we stand tomorrow and we read the Ten Commandments as such, as commandments, not as individual psukim. The Shulchan Aruch tells us, in terms of the various minhagim, we have the minhag of literally spreading flowers and greens in the Beis HaKnesses and in this, the homes. And the reason for this, explained the Shulchan Aruch, is to remember, to remind ourselves of literally the happiness of Har Sinai in the sense that God chose to show the people that the mountain was covered with vegetation. As the Torah says, you should put a Higbalta, <clears throat> you are to put a fence around the mountain so that the animals wouldn't come on the mountain to graze, showing that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Torah to the world, Vayosem Midbara Ke'eden, as the Navi Yeshaya says, literally the Midbar was transformed into an Eden, because with Torah, a desert can be transformed into a paradise, and without Torah, Nebach, a paradise, can become a desert. In addition, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, there's the Minog of staying awake tonight, 
and learning Torah. What an exciting opportunity that is. And I urge most everybody, if they can, take a nap this afternoon and get up and come to shul tonight with the resolve to stay, if you can, ideally the entire night, if not as much as you can, to be a very integral part of the process of literally receiving the Torah which is so exciting there is the custom of eating dairy food on Shavuos and even though the rabbis tell us and certainly dairy should not completely dominate the Yom Tov because Shavuos is one of the Shalosh Regalim and the Shulchan Aruch tells us that on Yom Tov one is to have meat and ain simcha elababasar v'yayin however two at least two reasons are given one the practical reason that when Moshe came down and told the people the now laws of Torah so he said to them wait a minute those same utensils that you cooked food in and specifically that was cooked meat in you can't use those pots the pots have to be kashered there are laws now of shechita of ritual slaughter which you have to learn to implement and so there were practical reasons why they could not have meat immediately when Moshe comes down and this is one reason why we have dairy on Shavuos the Ramah suggests a very interesting reason I mentioned before that there's no individual mitzvah for the Yotav of Shavuos however the Torah does tell us that communally there was a special carbon that was brought on behalf of the Jewish nation we all paid for it with our machzis hashekel and that is the shtei the two loaves that were brought on Shavuos tonight when we daven Mayriv and we daven later tonight and we make Kiddush tonight after Tzais when it's definitively uh, dark when it's definitively night so that we fulfill as the Torah says Sheva Shabbosos to Mimos, that we counted seven complete weeks and in fact there are those that say that included in the Shechianu tonight for the Yom Tov of Shavuos is also a Shechianu that we were privileged to finish and to observe the mitzvah of Sviras Omer. so the idea of the Shtehalechem is as follows. On the second day of Shavuos, excuse me, of Pesach, the Jewish nation brought a Korban Omer. That was a measure of barley. Barley is the grain that a farmer would feed to his animals. On Shavuos, we bring two loaves of wheat. Ma'achal Adam, that which is given to man humankind and therefore Shavuos is a kind of graduation we've graduated from barley to wheat we've graduated from the status 
and the level of animals, which is how we were when we left Egypt without the Torah. And now that we have the Torah on Shavuos, we've arrived, and these two lechem, the two loaves of wheat, are indicative of the chashivos of man. Now, says the Ramah, we try to create an environment where we can remember these two loaves. Now, we know every Yom Tov meal has lechem mishnah, as we do every Friday night in Shabbos meal, because we recall the mun, the special gift that came down on Friday twice as much for the Jewish people and so we have Lechem Mishnah all the time on Shabbos and Yom Tov. So tomorrow for lunch, because tomorrow on the first day of Shavuos that was when the Shteya Lechem was brought. If you're going to have a regular meal and just bring two loaves to the table, there's nothing special. Suggest the Ramah that therefore what is to be done is you would start the meal with dairy, be very careful that you have disposable cutlery, disposable utensils, and a plastic tablecloth, so everything is removed, and because you ate with the first two lechem mishnah, two loaves, your dairy, by necessity, when you're going to bring out is part of the same meal, and the Mishnah Brewer says that because of Shavuos, and because of this minhag, one need not bench, recite the grace after meals, after the dairy, but rather, they should literally rinse their mouth, have a little l'chaim, wait a few moments, and some say a half hour, and then bring out the meat, and now because I cannot use the same breads that were used for dairy, we have a remembrance to the Shteha Lechem that we were privileged to have and bring on the second day of Shavuos, that please God, we pray, will very soon be brought once again in the third Beis HaMikdash. And so, Ashrenu Matov Chelkeinu, a reminder that on the second day of Shavuos, we do recite Yizkor and how privileged we are to be able to welcome tonight this very special holiday which literally forges our character, our past, our present, and our future is all tied into this very special Yom Tov of Shavuos. A good Yom Tov to all.
Oh yes, words <coughs> words from Megillat Root that we will be saying uh, over the holiday of Shavuos. Unbelievable. Great song, Kolachai, here at JM in the AM. Uh, Erev Shavuos, it's uh, day 49 in the counting of the Omer. If you made it every single day, be proud. Great accomplishments. Uh, reminder that here in Jersey City today, it's Election Day. So if you're in Jersey City or any other city, I hear Passaic has elections today as well. Any other city in New Jersey that's holding elections, remember to have your voice heard. Make sure you get out there to the polls. Yuntiv starts pretty late, so plenty of time to get out there and make your voice heard. Make sure to do so. A civic reminder from all of us here at JM and the AM. Hey, I want to give a special shout-out to our friends at Breweria High School. It is official that we are going to be at Breweria on the morning of May 22nd. That's right, we're actually going to be broadcasting live the morning of May 22nd, which is a week from tomorrow, to kick off Breweria High School's 50th anniversary celebration. We have a lot of friends at Breweria. We have had an amazing relationship with them for close to three decades. The majority of the time they've been around. Uh, coming up on uh, June 3rd, JEC is celebrating its 73rd annual dinner. And a big part of that is the celebration of Breweria at 50. So we'll be doing a live show. Come on out. If you're anywhere near Breweria on uh, the morning of May 22nd, which is Wednesday of next week, come on out. And come celebrate with us as we do the kickoff of their 50th anniversary celebration. Their golden anniversary. That's right. Their golden anniversary. Should be a very exciting morning. We look forward to being there uh, next week right here at JM in the AM. 14 minutes before 9 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM with Miami.
Parts of that song I love. <laughs> Amazing. The Mission to Project. Remember that? Came out years ago. Uh, here at JM and the AM. May Amasai, that is the first mission. A lot of folks will be uh, studying the first mission and many other parts of our, uh, of our, uh, written and oral law tonight. As we get ready for the holiday of Shavuos. Uh, Yerachmiel in the choir with Torah today. You heard Kolachai, words from Megillat Rut. Amech Ami. From the CD entitled Bikarov. JM the AM getting set for another great Yom Tov as we start Shavuos tonight. Our next broadcast will be Friday. Join us here at JM the AM Friday morning between 6 and 9. We'll include the weekly update and plenty more. It's all happening this Friday right here at JM in the AM. Meanwhile, Lenny Solomon... He's got a way to celebrate the holiday. Visamachta, JM and the AM.
As we get set for the holiday of Shavuos, begins tonight. We are back here Friday morning, JM in the AM, between 6 and 9 a.m. with a weekly update and plenty more. Join us this Friday. And don't forget to prepare for the holiday with the stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Amazing music, Hallel, holiday, Shavuos, Torah music all through the day uh, coming up at jmtheam.org. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard a listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. And Rockland County, 91.9 on the FM dial. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday of Shavuos. Chag Sameach, a good yontif. We're back Friday morning. Join us starting at 6 a.m. for an Erev Shabbos edition of JM in the AM. Have a fabulous holiday of Shavuos. Till next time, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.